Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than Ross, Rachel, Joey, Chandler, Monica and Phoebe. I'm Ash Rose and how are you? It's blooming cold outside, isn't it, at the moment? Hopefully we can warm you up with a bit of 90s nostalgia. But first, I'm going to have to offer you another apology. Sorry to those guys who are tuning in expecting that weighted video games podcast. Unfortunately, due to another technicality with our guests and our producer, which will remain nameless... Um, we had to postpone it this week. So sorry about those who are looking forward to talking sensible soccer and, and FIFA and everything else. But we will do it in the future. We're just trying to work out what date we will be doing it. Uh, we'll let you know on Twitter when we can get more news on that. We can arrange the guests that we had lined up back. But it means we get a new topic and we get new guests and we are super subs. But they are much more than that. And it's, they are regulars. But it's the first time we've had these two guests on the show before. And it's like a marriage of 90s football nostalgia, encyclopedia, guru, <laughs> whatever words you want to use, because these two guys know their stuff, as you've heard before. Um, so let me welcome them to the show. Firstly, Chelsea fan, Mr. Patrick O'Sullivan. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well. Good evening, Ash. Good evening to you. And Millwall fan, Mr. Rob Gallagher. How are you, sir? Good evening, Ash. I'm just worried that Paddy may not have forgiven me for not including Paul Gascoigne in uh, the, the last pod that I was on. So apologies to you, Paddy, for that one. Um, yeah, apology not accepted, but we'll move on. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention that, Rob, but yeah, as soon as you brought it oh, up. I saw a yeah. point. Yeah, we haven't forgiven you for that yet, but we'll move on very quickly. Um, before we talk, uh, we're not going to do, we're going to do a mini CV um, just for tonight's theme. Uh, but here's a few things that happened in the 90s this week. On the 24th of January 1995, Faustino Espria joins Newcastle from Parma in a £7.5 million deal. And then a load of things happened on the 25th of January in, in the 90s. So this was the day when things should happen. Uh, firstly, in 1994, Liverpool lost 1-0 to Bristol City in the FA Cup third round, which we touched on last week. Uh, in 1995, Eric Cantona famously kung fu kicks a Crystal Palace fan in the Selhurst Park crowd. Very memorable moment, which we've discussed on here before. 97, and Paddy's going to love this one because I'm mentioning it again. Trevor Sinclair scores one of the goals of the decade with his bicycle kick against Barnsley. There you go for your 90s bingo, I've said it. And on the 25th of January 1998, Newcastle can only draw one all with Stevenage in their FA Cup third round game, which again, we spoke about last week. Talking of FA Cup very quickly with you guys, because I know it's a show you both kind of could have come on as well, but you know things wouldn't arrange at different times, but... Paddy, you've got a soft spot for Mr. Tim Bazzaglo, haven't you? Um, yes, I have. Thanks for mentioning that last week. Yeah, um, Tim Bazzaglo uh, was a Chelsea fan, if I remember rightly, which uh, he featured in the match day programme the week after he scored. And I sort of didn't realise that footballers could have sort of day jobs and play <laughs> football when I was eight years old. So I thought that was really... He was a, he was an IT consultant. I mean, who was an IT consultant in 1991? Did <laughs> what they was exist? he consulting? Well, yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, there you go. But yeah, thanks for mentioning that. I did I enjoyed that show last week. Oh, so, thank uh, you very much. And Rob, you missed the opportunity to wind me up again about Mill and Keep... Well, sorry, me wind you up again about Mill and QPR, didn't we? Uh, what, what a shame, Ash. I mean, you brought it up every time I've been on... <laughs> As you say, for those of you that are following this uh, this bingo that you're doing, that's another one to tick off. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I'm staying I'm staying quiet about that cut run. Yeah, stay quiet about that cut run. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before right, but tonight's theme we're going to talking about youngsters in the '90s, basically players that came through and made a name for themselves in the '90s. Uh, both who went on to make great careers and those who sadly didn't quite make it as well as we'd hoped. So we'll talk about them in a minute. But first, just have to give you guys the housework before we move on. So if you want to follow us, we are on Twitter and on Facebook at AK90s. And we're always posting up 
different bits of 90s nostalgia. So get on there and check that out. And if you want to listen to any of the, the former shows that we've done, that these guys have been on, and like we said, we did FA Cup last week, go on iTunes, search for AK90s or get the link off the website and download there. If you click the download button, that means you can listen to it every week. It'll be straight in your device without you doing the thing. Your 90s nostalgia trip, your podcast of pleasure every week and if you really really do love the podcast which i know you do that's why you're listening why not leave us a little review and a five-star rating because that helps us tremendously in the itunes charts and gets everybody knowing about our 90s nostalgia trip right these mini little cvs i gave the guys a couple of questions uh before they were coming on the show um being the chelsea fan we were fan so we'll start with uh with rob um which i didn't know when i was researching that i don't know if you you possibly know this that mill won the fa youth cup twice well no they won it once but in the final in the 90s as well. So they had some good players. Who was your... Yeah, we lost to Man United and um, basically that Paul Scholes absolutely murdered us um, at the den and again up at Old Trafford. But we, we did have some good and promising youth teams um, throughout the 90s. Two different sets. Uh, Andy Roberts, Ben Thatcher's in one lot and then obviously the KL Reed Eiffel generation in another. And um, really for us, that was just, you know, so exciting because every club likes to see you know, their youth players come through. It means something when you see children from the area come through, you know, and really make an impact on the first team. So if you could pick one of your, the players that came through, a youngster that came through the ranks at the Den from the 90s, who would you go for, Rob? Um, probably Tim Cahill. Um, maybe a little bit, obviously, because there are other good choices, such as Ben Thatcher has mentioned, but, you know, others like Richard Sadler as well. But with Cahill, I mean, I don't really have to explain why I'm picking no. him because he's just such a fantastic all-round player, engine heading ability for someone of his size, uh, personality, you know, for what he's done at World Cups and also in, you know, at Everton, fantastic player. Mm. I saw him tweeting the other day. He's got, like, one of his, in his games room, there's a, one of the biggest shirts on display is the, the Millwall FA Cup final shirt. I know we're slipping into the noughties, but it shows for a guy who, you know, played in the Premier League and has played in the World Cup how much Millwall must have meant to him, mustn't it? Definitely. I think, I think you know, he's, he comes across as quite a humble bloke and reading his autobiographies, He's very in touch with his roots, and he came out with a fantastic quote. I know, again, you know, this is meant to be a 90s show, but, you know, he talks about the heart that he learned at Millwall and at Everton, and, you know, there's no there's no real side to him. He's just he's just a normal bloke. He is what he is, you know, epitomises that Aussie mentality, you know, just getting on with it. But what a player, you know. If he'd mm. been an Italian or, you know, French or someone like that, he would have gone and played for much bigger clubs than Millwall and Everton. No offence, Everton supporters, but... Um, someone with his quality. I mean, the goal. I think the goal in Brazil. You know, over yeah, putting Bolly over goal. the shoulder yeah. summed him up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then for you, Paddy, who you mean? Chelsea had a kind of a glut of youngsters um, in the nineties, didn't they? That came through the ranks. Some some names that um, we're actually going to speak into one later on. So, who would you pick from uh, from the nineties that came through the ranks uh, as your player? Uh, yeah, you're right, Ash. Uh, we did have uh, quite a lot of uh, footballers, uh, young footballers come through at that stage. Uh, players like Jody Morris, uh, Andy Myers, Eddie Newton, uh, Neil Shipley, who you spoke to on a show mm-hmm. recently, I believe. Yeah. Um, but the one I'm going to pick is uh, Mad Frank, Mad Frank Sinclair. Um, <laughs> he sort of played the game like he was one of us, and he was almost delighted to be a Premier League footballer. Um, and he also sort of covered two eras as well. He started the 90s. Um, with you know playing with the likes of Kerry Dixon, but then he sort of moved on and started playing with like Hullet, Zola, Viali, and then scored a 
a goal in a League Cup final as well. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to go for Mad Frank Sinclair. Mm. He liked an own goal though, didn't he? He loved an own goal. And I also love him for the fact that he actually scored one for Leicester against us, which was which was great. It was in the last minute. So, um, he, you know, once Chelsea, always Chelsea, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Great memories there then, obviously, for Frank Sinclair. Um, a question I was going to ask you guys uh, was about youngsters. And it seemed like you say with Chelsea, like you got more opportunity uh, in the 90s than they did now. Uh, is that the short-termism in football, do you think, Paddy? Um, yeah, I think it is a, a case of short-termism, Ash. I also think with, with sort of young players now, you've got to, you know, where Chelsea are currently at the moment, obviously, well, not maybe this season, but a Champions League club for the last few years, you, you've almost got to be Champions League standard to try and really break into the first-team squad which is where I think a lot of a, a lot of young players haven't really integrated and maybe they move they filter down filter down the leagues or in some cases drop out of the game which is a real is a real shame and I think I think that that's that's part of the problem to be honest I think every sort of club is looking for the next sort of Lionel Messi and they put youngsters on sort of massive contracts as well which which is a massive difference between uh, modern day football and football in the 1990s um, I think I think that's um, sort of why maybe there was more more youngsters coming through back in those back in those times as well. Yeah, that's a good point there you make, Paddy. Rob, what what's your take on this? I mean, is it short termism? Is it because bigger clubs look for short for short term measures, or why do you think we saw more sort of not players coming through in the nineties quicker than we do now? I think obviously I agree. It's, it's a question of finances. I think managers are in jobs for a lot of shorter time than they were. Um, I also think that the fans didn't really get on their backs as much. I've noticed something at Millwall, and I'm sure it's um, the same in a lot of other clubs, that youngsters now when they come in, they're given a lot of hype and you know a lot of support when they first come in. But when they're in a tricky period, you know they, they're young and playing a lot of games, they don't get that support, and there is that expectation. Unfortunately, I think a lot of teams confuse themselves with Barcelona these days and don't actually give the players enough time to be able to settle in and actually do a job. Um, I also think that the mentality of the youth players that are coming through, they've not done that YTS where they've had to mm -hmm. clean people's boots and things like that. They haven't got that grounding and they're expecting uh, too much from the start as well. I think, you know, football's about progression. It's coming in, it's working hard and it's actually getting there in the end. And I think they're, from fans, from players and from managers, I think that there's the expectation that they should be the finished yeah. article straight away. Unfortunately, there's not the time. There is the pressure from media and chairman, but... That's got to change. On the flip side of that, what I find strange as well, I think players get England caps earlier now at a younger Definitely. age than Definitely. they did in the night. I think the under-21s were much more kind of had older players in it than it did. Like, look at Deli Alley, not disputing that he's had a good season, but he would have been given a few under-21 caps in the 90s more than put straight into the England score. What do you think, Pad? I would agree with that, Ash. Um, I think the other thing to say as well about that is that the Premier League is now, you know, is, is a global brand. Um Whereas maybe 20, 25 years ago, it wasn't the, the sort of global brand that it, that it is now. You've got mm -hmm. players from all over the world um, competing um, to get 11 spaces in one, in one football side um, in terms of the Premier League, um, which has had a sort of detrimental f effect on, on English players. I mean, if you look at English players now in, in modern day, there's only, there's only probably about 60 that start on the weekend, which yeah. pretty much means you've got a one in three chance of getting in the squad. Um, which wasn't the case 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's a debate for a more modern football show, but some good points <laughs> made. Um, let's look at some your 90s youngsters then. I mean, what I've got in front of me, like we did when we did the positions, 
um, is the PFA Young Player of the Year award winners from each year in the 90s. So I'll just run through these really quickly. So Matt Letitia won in 90, 91 Lee Sharp, uh, 92 and 93 Ryan Giggs, uh, 94 Andy Cole, 95 and 96 Robbie Fowler, 97 David Beckham, 98 Michael Owen, and 99 was Nicholas Anelka. I mean, that is a pretty stellar list considering that some of the names you might not have expected to be on here. I mean, Ryan Giggs is the obviously one that stands out. He went on to, to be the most decorated player in English football history, and we spoke about, about him a lot on this podcast. Um, but what other name on that list, Rob, would stands out for you who who did who went on and, and went and did well in his career and started in the nineties? I think the obvious choice is probably David Beckham. Um, you know, he, he has become an absolute brand. I think, you know, I remember him playing uh, up at Preston and, you know, sort of setting the world alight up there. And I just think for a player such as himself and also in the 90s for him to come over the adversity that he, he had um, being involved with Posh by, so I think he's done it, you know, extraordinarily well. Indeed, yes. And uh, he... Um... Yeah, I think as a young, he's not one that I think of instantly, though. I don't know why. When I think of young players, that can't, I think Michael Owen is the one that stands out on there for me. It's that World Cup for Owen, isn't it? You yeah, know? and just the way he burst on the scene like as a 17-year-old for Liverpool, it was against Wimbledon, wasn't it? He scored that goal. And yeah. I, think, I remember that time, I did because I didn't feel like I was much older than him. And it was just amazing to see this kind of 17, 18-year-old kid do that well. What about you, Pad? Is there what on, um, on that list? For, for me, Ash, I'm actually going to go for Andy Cole. Mm. Um, it was sort of... You know, he kind of gave hope to all youngsters uh, during the 90s because he was let go by Arsenal and actually dropped down, dropped down a division, and then sort of moved to New- moved to Newcastle. And I just, I just think he, you know, he he had a really, really good career on the back of being let go by by a big club. And um, I just, I just think that you know he scored he scored a lot of goals during the 90s, and, and you kind of forget that due to the other strikers that were around at the time. Mm, yeah, well, as we've said previous times on this podcast, the, the strikers in the 90s it was an embarrassment of riches, wasn't it, really? Especially when you look at this list as well. Um, it looked at me, Robbie Fowler, who never really got any in Lee Sharp's an interesting one because obviously he won it in 1991 before kind of gigs kind of come into real prominence. But he never yeah. really had the, the same stellar career, obviously, as Ryan Giggs. It never quite worked out in the end for him at May United, did it, Pad? Uh, not not quite. No, I mean obviously he's still you know he still won a couple of Premier League titles. But yeah, I was I was quite a big fan of Lee Sharp actually when I was when I was a kid. I just used to think he was he was one of the best players in the world, which uh, obviously didn't. Um, Did didn't you do the celebration? Be, yeah, didn't, yeah, pretty much didn't quite turn out to be like that. But he was he was a really talented um, footballer and probably on a sort of on a par with Giggs um, at the time. But he obviously lost his lost his way a little bit but um yeah i thought well he was definitely the deserved winner that year i mean seemed to recall him scoring a hat-trick at arsenal i think in the league cup in the blue and, kit um, in the blue in, in a, kit yeah yes in a, in a blue and white kit i think yeah so um yeah i think yeah he was a very talented footballer at the time um rob has, has sadly left the show now he's had to run off to, uh to be somewhere else so you're just stuck with me and paddy o'sullivan uh, for the for the rest of the show, um, so we'll, well, another name that kind of pops up on that list for me is, is Nicholas Anelka. He because um, I didn't I didn't really remember him winning that, but he was only nineteen. I mean, that season I think the season before when they won the double, but he won it the season after. I mean, he was frightening for a, for a kid that age, wasn't he? Oh, abs- absolutely frightening. And and let, let's let's uh, let's have it right. Nicholas Anelka was probably the biggest bargain of all time, wasn't he? Yeah. I think Wenger signed him for five hundred. Was it five hundred grand and sold him for about twenty odd million pounds. Um, yeah, he was um, he was a fa- he was a fabulous uh, fabulous young player at the time. Obviously, another one who was deserved of the um, deserving of the award. But um, he, obviously, he went on to, to 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 greater things as well, playing sort of for Real Madrid, and he, he seems to play for everyone by this stage of his career. 
Yeah, well, Chelsea included, of course. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Is, he, is he still managing in India? Uh, I believe so, Ash. Yeah, I believe so. Is it? Uh, yeah, I'm probably just going to make this up, but it's like FC Mumbai. Or yes, yeah, he's probably playing, managing. Yeah, I can't imagine him as a manager. He was never the happiest soul, was he? No, I, yeah, I don't think he's got the uh, temperament to stay around that long, to be honest. But then, mm-hmm. as Rob was saying earlier on, managers don't seem to stick around too long these days anyway, so maybe he's made for it. Yeah, well, from players who did win an award to this. A spread that I've got in front of me is from the Merlin 93-94 sticker album, which I'm sure you've all got. You've still got that? Oh, of course, yeah, it's completed <laughs> it's as well. Really? Yeah, it's, I've wow. got it before in, in my garage and, and, t- and taking up room that my wife doesn't like. There's lots of 90s <laughs> mementos that shouldn't be there. But yes, it's in front of me right now. And they did this spread in the first uh, edition called Premier League Rising Stars. Right. Um, so these names were given stickers, eight players. And, yeah, there were special stickers at the end of the, uh, in the album. And they were Steve Froggart, Darren Eady, Neil Shipley, who we've mentioned and we spoke to on the show just before Christmas, Neil Bartlett, A.D. Mikey, Jamie Forrester, Darren Caskey and Ian Selly. Now, it's probably fair to say, Pad, that Merlin didn't quite get it right there, did it? Um, well, yeah, I think actually, yeah, I think you're right. I think the first thing to say is that whoever sort of made those lists, I do hope that they've not gone on to be a talent scout for young footballers, because yeah. if they have, it would probably explain a lot about English football in the last sort of twenty odd years. But um, yeah, there's there's quite a few names there that yeah were more hope rather than um, expectation, perhaps. Um, although Ian Selly, I think you know Arsenal fans will probably tell you Ian Selly went on to sort of play in the Cup Winners' Cup final, I think. Um, so that's obviously quite a high profile um, stage. Um, but yeah, I think there's, yeah, there's definitely, I, I mean, you said the name Neil Bartlett. I mean, that, that passed me by, to be honest with you. I, I, I sort of, I, I didn't have a clue who he was, if, if, if I'm perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I was the same with AD Mikey. I had to give that one. I mean, they went into non league, I think, but no, right. other than that, a very few Premier League appearances between them um it's funny you mentioned scout because it leads on to uh, some our guest today because it's what he's doing now i won't tell you who for but it's someone very close to paddy's heart as well uh, former chelsea defender david lee speaks to us now david lee welcome to alive and kick in thank you thank you for joining us uh, we're going to take you back then to, to 1990 uh, you had just made your debut i think late 80s didn't you for for chelsea so, so what was chelsea as a club like uh, in the early 90s uh, very different back then uh, yeah, I made my debut 89 season and I think there's about 7,000 people there because they were, they were banned from uh, opening some of the ground because of violence that went on in the mm. playoffs the pre-season before. So it's very different, but obviously uh, it was a great club back then. Even, you know, even back then it was a really good club. We had some really good players back in the, back in the day, you know, especially that era, you know, sort of Kyrgyz and Graham Roberts, Danny Dorigo and yeah, you know, and people like that in the nineties um sort of changed up well probably for me it probably changed at about ninety four when Hoddle took out mm, which we'll was all the real start of it. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. I mean what's you okay. came through the ranks at Chelsea and who what sort of players were around you at the time? Were there some other names we might know who you came through the club with? Uh well Gareth Hall is a year older than me mm. and Jason Cundy was my year. And then you had Graham Stewart and Damian Matthew the year below me. And then Frank Sinclair, Eddie Newton, one year below that all came through. Um, Graham Lesseau joined, but he, he wasn't an apprentice. He came straight in as a pro, I think, in, in, in 89. Mm, so, good, good, some good names there. So a lot of them made it to the first team. Unlike, uh, it did, you know, yeah. 
you know, you don't see a lot of that from John Terry's probably one of the last sort of big name to, to stay in the first team. I mean, what was it like to play with those players and come through with those? It was great. I mean, I remember... We're all coming up, we've known each other, you know, I've known most of them guys since I was sort of 30 years of age and it makes a huge difference. I think uh, when you've got youngsters who sort of are very passionate about the club, uh, not a lot of teams have that now. Obviously, United had that great influx one year and, you know, Southampton have had a couple over the last couple of years that have come through. But like you said, John's the last one to come through, which is a bit of a shame, really, you know, considering that over the years we've had quite a lot have come through. And it seemed to have sort of stagnate a little bit. So, um, you know, it'd be nice to get that back, really, I think. Mm, absolutely. I mean, you, you mentioned Hoddle there previously I mean, as the sort of catalyst for the change. Was it pretty much after that things sort of skyrocketed in terms of the sort of players Chelsea were attracting and, and the status of the club? I think so. Because obviously Hoddle brought in Mark Hughes and Rui Hullet and uh, they were sort of world superstars, really, you know, especially Rude. But, um, yeah, I think everyone sort of thinks that, you know, when Abramovich came in and things like that, it, it sort of took off. But I think Glenn sort of started it and changed a lot of things at the club, you know, the sort of diet and players, the training, and different things like that he picked up from when he'd been in Monaco under Wenger. So, you know, I think you've got to give him a lot of credit. And obviously when the England job comes calling, he was always going to take it. You know, it's a shame for us that he went, but at the time he was... He was never going to turn the England job down, really, was he? No, not at all. No. Yeah. You mentioned no. Red Hullet. I mean, how amazing was it? Because he was still, you know, in pretty good shape when he joined Chelsea. What was he like in training? Oh, it was great. I mean, he, he came in and, you know, obviously he knew how, how much of a star he was, but he came in and he just sort of lads. Um, and from he was just excellent, you know, on and off the pitch, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Very good. And then he he sort of he found it a little bit strange when he became manager to yeah to sort of become one of the one of the boys one minute and then the manager the next minute. But you know, players like him they they, they just get on with it really. Mm-hmm. What could you pick out a highlight from your from your time at Chelsea? Uh, your debut highlight really I think more than anything. Um, and just playing with like you know real superstars you know a it. Hughes, Zola, uh, Viali, people like that. You know, when you play with people like that, you know, it's, it's pretty much a highlight of, of, of your career, really. When you see players of that ilk come into a club and you obviously youngster coming through, are you put off thinking, oh, you know, these guys are coming in, or does it spur you on to just get in the team and? and no, I think it helps you. I think it. I think it gives you that sort of jolt that you need to think. Well, actually, yeah, I am good enough to play with these people, and I think I, you know, I think. Uh, in the Premiership, when the top players come in, it really helps. You know, that's not being disrespectful to the other ones, but I think there are a lot of farmers who came in who weren't as good as the top ones, and I think that affected a lot of people at different clubs. But when the top ones come in, you know, like your Burkamp, your Cantona, mm. Zola's, I think it, it helps everyone personally. Mm. Your, your last game for Chelsea was, was against Tottenham, I believe, and you had that bad injury uh, that kind of put you out. Did you, you know, and after that, you, your career kind of. You went on a few loan periods. How did you? How was that moment for you? Did you kind of know it was going? The injury would affect you so badly. Uh, not obviously not at the time, but you know it's one of them days where our chairman, or our, sorry, not chairman, our uh, Matty Harding, the guy who was probably going to take over as the chairman, uh, he died on the Tuesday night. It was a very emotional mm. night on the on the 
Saturday where I broke my leg. And yeah, I didn't envisage what was going to happen after that. Uh, I did play a few games. I think my last actual game was against Leeds away. But um, it would kind of sort of start at the end, if you see what I mean. And it was hard, but the only thing I'd say is I went all them years previously without getting any injuries. So, mm. you know, it could have happened when I was 17. It didn't. And, you know, thankfully it sort of happened a little bit later in my career. Mm. You've mentioned all those players. I mean, could you pick one as, as the best player you, you played with and who against in your time at Chelsea? Um... I'm probably going to have to say Hoddle, to be fair, because mm. he was kind of my idol when I was growing up, and I played against him and, and with him. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I think it'd have to be Hoddle. Mm. I think what people say, even when he was manager, he still was probably the best player in the squad. Was Would you, would you go along with that? <laughs> yeah, most of the time he was, yeah, especially in training as well, yeah. Mm, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, well, what are you up to now, Dave, these days, uh, Dave? What, do you, what are you doing yourself? I work for Arsenal, funnily enough. Oh, um, OK. I mean, yeah, I mean, I work I'm scouting, part of the scouting network. So I do. Uh, I work in the UK and Europe, just uh, covering, you know, looking for for better players than they've got, and um, all age groups from uh, 16 right through to seniors. So it, it's quite good actually. I do, you know, I'll go and watch an 18th game on a Saturday morning and a first team game in the afternoon, and through the week go and watch a lot of games uh, either in this country or, or abroad. Brilliant. So it's quite nice. Okay. Yeah. So the, yeah. The future lies in in your hands with, with Arsenal then. Um. Well. Amongst a few others, yeah. <laughs> say, but yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Depends how good they are. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Right. Well, thank you very much for talking to us, David. No problem. Yeah, thanks okay. a lot. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Great stuff there from David. You've got a little story about David Lee, haven't you, Pad? Oh, talk about putting me on the spot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do, yeah. Um, David Lee, um, when I was a kid, my dad took me down to uh, Gravesend and Northleaf, which isn't a club anymore. It's Ebbsfleet, for those of you that are uh, sort of follow any sort of non-league football. But they played Chelsea um, in a pre-season friendly about 1991, I think. And my dad, just being the sort of cheeky chappy, asked, uh, asked David Lee if me and a friend could go out on the pitch with him as mascots. And he took us out there and we had a kickabout. It was fantastic to have a kickabout with some of the heroes. It was really, really good. Was he, was he good still? Did he have, did he have the stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not listening, is he? Uh, no, yeah, he's all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, those, that's uh, David Lee then. Um, we're going to go back again now um, to 1993 because it's the kind of, it's looked upon, maybe a forgotten trophy that the England under-18 team won. Um, not a trophy that we've been known for winning. And the under-21s were actually quite a terrible period for the 90s. They didn't qualify for the tournament at all. So this was really the best of the best when it came to sort of the under-teams for England. They won the under-18 European Championships in 1993. And I'm just going to quickly run through this squad like I did uh, with some other things as well. And these are some of the names that were, were in that squad that won the trophy. So Chris Day, Gary Neville, Sol Campbell, Chris Casper, Kevin Sharp, Darren Kasky again, who appeared in Merlin Spread, Mark Tinkler, Paul Scholes, Robbie Fowler, Julian Joachim, Kevin Gallen. Uh, that was the, the team that won the final. And then the other members of the squads was Andy Marshall, Rob Bowman, Nicky Butt, Jamie Forrester and Noel Whelan. Now, Pat, there's a real mix of names there, isn't there? Like there's a, obviously your, your Scholes and your Fowlers, but there's some names there again, like your Barlets and your Mikeys. I really had to kind of look up. Yeah, there were. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, it looks to me. I mean, like listening to you there, that the team was dominated by sort of Man United mm. and Leeds um, youngsters. Obviously, the Man United. You obviously you had the class of '92, but a lot of the Leeds players didn't seem to make it. You said names like Sharp and Tinkler and players like that. I don't think they really went on to play at the highest level. But there is there is one name that's missing there actually, which Rob alluded to earlier on, and that's Mr. Beckham. 
Yeah. Um, he's not there. He's not there at all. And I think he is of, of that age group, but I don't think they deemed him good enough to get in the team at that stage. So, which is quite surprising. But Kevin Sharp was. Yeah, Kevin Sharp was. Kevin well, Sharp we, was, yeah. Yeah, we, we wonder where he is now. But just yeah. that's on that, funny enough, I did I did sort of, sort of recall some of this, but um, Julian Jotim was apparently um, the star of that team. Um, he was actually playing sort of quite regularly for Leicester at the time. Brian Little compared him to Romario. <laughs> I do I remember mean, Julian Joshian being rated like ridiculously highly, yeah. though. Yeah, so I mean, who who says we build up players in this country? I mean, Julian Joachim in the same breath as Romario. I don't really think that ever worked. Did no, it? it's because I suppose. I mean, I'm not going to try and <laughs> explain Brian Little's quote, but I suppose he wasn't little, wasn't he? He was stocky little, like um, Romario was, but yeah. it was. He had more speed. He was all about pace, Julian Joachim, whereas Romario was always more of a quick thinker. So yeah. I think he's really going on physical attributes there. I mean, from a personal point of view, it was a tournament I remembered quite fondly because Kevin Gallon was playing up front yeah. with Robbie Fowler, who yeah. went on to play for uh, QPR's ranks and is probably the best player that's come through our ranks in recent times. Um, he played up front with Fowler and they were quite prolific together. But sadly for Gallon, I mean, the, the, the fable goes that if Andy Cole hadn't have signed for Manchester United, the next option down for Alex Ferguson was Kevin Gallon. how different his career could have been there because he had an injury early on in his QPR career that kind of curtailed that. But great player, Kevin Gallon, And then um, some other names there. I mean, Chris Day played for QPR as well, but Neville, Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Paul Scholes. Obviously went, on, went on to playing World Cups or being World Cup squads. Uh, Robbie Fowler as well, obviously, that you, you mentioned there. Um, so there was, you know, there was obviously decent youngsters kicking about as we, as we know them now as massive household names and, of course, all retired, of course, which also shows how old we are. But you know, there's, there's, um, you know, there was some decent, some decent players amongst amongst that group. Mm. Now I'm going to go and flip right to the other end of the decade because, as I said, the under 21 team didn't do too well throughout that uh, decade. It actually didn't qualify for a single tournament, not until 2000. So the team that went on to that tournament, obviously, that's in the the noughties, but they played kind of throughout the late 90s in the qualifying campaign. This is the squad that went to that campaign. So you've got Nicky Weaver, Danny Mills, Steph Johnson, Frank Lampard, Luke Young, Jamie Carragher, David Dunn, Matt Janssen, Carl Cole, Andy Campbell, Lee Hendry, John Harley, Paul Robinson, Ledley King, Francis Jeffers, Danny Murphy, David Thompson, and good old Luke Chadwick of Man United. <laughs> I mean, again, it, it shows that even, that's kind of almost nearly a decade apart, those two squads we've, we've discussed. But again, you've got your, your names that did go on and do really well, the likes of Frank Lampard and Jamie Carragher. But then they stand out. I mean, John Harley at Chelsea. I mean, he was a great yeah. left back and never was, really yeah. went on. Yeah. Um, he was, yeah. But again, again, he was faced with sort of competition in front of him by sort of Graham Lasso and sort of Celestine, sort of Celestine Babiaro, and and you know he ended up sort of dropping down the leagues to Fulham um, as well. But like you say, I mean, there's a lot of good good players in that squad. Obviously, Frank Lampard uh, went on to 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 uh, good things in his career. So did sort of Jamie Carragher. Um, led the king as well. Um, so there was, and I think looking at that sort of list that you, you sort of said there, there's 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 a lot of less players that dropped out and dropped down the leagues. Um, if you see what I mean, they're all a lot of them were still Premier League players. And Matt Janssen was a, was a real talent as well, yeah. but obviously um, had a terrible injury, much like you, you referred to Kevin Gallon earlier on. Um, so he had yeah, a I mean, crash, didn't he, Matt Janssen? He was in the he, 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 yeah, he, he, he did. Yeah, it was a real unfortunate set, set of circumstances. I say a lot of you know a lot of them players went on to sort of make full England caps, and a couple of them went to a World Cup as well, obviously. So um, I remember Lee Hendry making his one appearance for England, and he came on. I think was it? No, it wasn't Chile. That was Michael Owen, was it? I can't remember who they were playing, but 
he came on, did really well, and people thought, yeah, this is good. Same yeah. like Seth Johnson as well, came on against Italy in yeah. Taylor's only game. These Those players, they came on, and you really got a burst of, oh, these could be it. And then you never heard of them again in terms of yeah. England. Yeah. Yeah, never really exactly. made another squad, did they? Well, well, as and as I alluded to earlier on, I think nowadays they probably make the squads every time because there's just that, mm. that sort of lack of English players at the moment. But um, again, that's sort, of, that's sort of modern day. But... I mean, were there any sort of other players playing in, in, in that sort of tournament around that sort of time that sort of went on to, to great things, you know, from foreign foreign teams? Or there were like actually, Paddy. It's a good question. I mean, you're looking at the likes of Pirlo, Xavi, Coit, Van Bommel, Gattuso, Puyo. So those are the sort of players that were among that kind of calibre of players as well. So there's some big names there. I'm sure, Lee, I'm sure Lee Hendry ran rings around Xavi at the time. Yeah, Perlo and Xavi versus David Dunn and Lee Hendry. It's, yeah, we didn't have a chance of, then, did we? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a mismatch, really, isn't it? To be honest with you. Uh, Nicky Weaver as well. I always rate him as a great keeper. But uh, yeah. we're going to have to end it on that note. I mean, before we go, then, Pad, let's think about anyone else we haven't mentioned already. Um, on uh, as a youngster throughout that era, then I, I know Alan Shearer came to mind. You could class him as as a youngster who came through and then did very well because he was a young boy at Southampton. He's got a hat trick on his debut. But anyone else you can think of? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of players I could think of. Ash um, during the nineties, I was always a um, always a massive fan of um, Stanley Victor Collymore, of course, um, who sort of came through the ranks at Palace and Palace actually let him go, which is kind of similar to an Andy Cole story. And he then came up through the ranks again. Um, and obviously had a great season with Nottingham Forest and made it with Liverpool. But as a young player coming through, um, especially in the sort of what would be the championship now, he was a very exciting footballer. And the other one that came to mind was um, obviously a young Rio Ferdinand mm. uh, came through, played at West Ham when he was 17 and sort of made the England squad when he was 18. And um, he, he was head and shoulders, I think, above um, above his peers at, um, at the same level. So I think they're, they're sort of two players that from the 1990s at, at youth level that, that came through and really really stuck out in my mind. West Ham, actually, you've mentioned them because they had that kind of crop, didn't they, at the back end of the 90s, which was kind of their version of Class of 92, I guess, what with Lampard and Joe Cole and Michael yeah. Carrick. Yeah, of course, and then and then sort of Jermaine Defoe um, yeah. a little bit after that. But yeah, there was, um, yeah they had, um, obviously they're a football club that have always been known for... Um, Known, known for bringing through uh, young, young, um, young English talent as well. Um, but yeah, there was obviously um, um, we talked about Robbie Fowler earlier on. Um, I mean, the, the kid scored five goals on his debut. Yeah, Fulham, wasn't that, it? I remember rightly. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and and, and that, that's you know that's that sort of a way to announce yourself on the scene. There was no chance of him being loaned out anywhere, was there? After no. That? We well, didn't see that, did you? I mean, that's what happened. There's such a different era, isn't it? Where the scenes they sort of get in, they get loaned out. The loan system in that era was quite different. You didn't really see a lot of, I know we had, we mentioned David Beckham earlier, but that was kind of a rarity, wasn't it? It yeah, wasn't this loan kind of to the championship or division one as it was then. Yeah. It, it, it very much was a case of you were either in the team mm. or in the squad or you were, you were sold on to kind of make your way back up to the top flight, which is sort of what, um, what I've alluded to, um, to already, but yeah, you're, you're quite right. The loan, the loan system wasn't used in the same way that it is now. And, and maybe, well, maybe, you know, based on what we were saying earlier, maybe there's something in that. Um, but, um, yes, I mean, some great names there. I mean, Colin Moore and Ferdinand, you know, sort of sprung to mind when you asked me that question. And, of course, you mentioned, you mentioned Shearer, who, you know, was, was the greatest one of, was the greatest one of them all, really. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you mentioned uh, Class of 92 as well, and obviously, you know, 
we all know what happened there. <laughs> well, you don't win anything with kids was the famous quote, of course. We will do um, later in the season, we'll do a whole thing on uh, the class of 92 because they're such a big part of the of the decade. But um, one person I must mention, and James Headley. No, sorry, it wasn't. It was Andrew Taylor on Twitter uh, that said the name Sonny Pike. Um, Sonny Pike, yeah. Which uh, is a bit of a blast from the past. It's actually a picture of Sonny Pike in the cheap plug uh, Alive and Kicking book with sitting on Lee Dixon's lap. Um, no, right. Okay, <laughs> uh, playing the game of Sabuto randomly, but he was kind of the uh, the Freddie Adu of the nineties. All the big clubs were chasing him. He was going to be this superstar footballer as a kid, and I don't think he actually ever played for anyone. I think a few non league or really low down teams, but it was more. He it just didn't happen. Um, wasn't he linked with actually? And this is quite apt for the show. Wasn't he? Wasn't he linked with the youth team of all youth teams, which is Ajax? Yeah, I think I, I, I think the picture in the book is him in an Ajax shirt actually. I was going to say, during, during the 90s, they were the youth team. That yeah, of course, yeah. Well, that, that sort camp, of... Er camp and the likes. And um, yeah, he was, linked, he was linked with that, which is a bit like, bit like being linked with Barcelona's sort of youth system now, I suppose. Yeah, well, thank you very much again, as always, Paddy. And thanks to Rob. Unfortunately, he couldn't stay with us for the whole podcast. Um, it's been good looking back at some of those young players. Please do let us know if we've missed anyone or you want to mention someone. Let us know on Twitter at AK90s. But until then, hashtag keep it 90s. This podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production.